You are listening to The Airing Cupboard, the podcast where the extraordinary stories of ordinary people get an airing. Phew, that's a mouthful. Hello and welcome back into The Airing Cupboard. I hope that you've all had a very good few weeks. Here in the UK, spring is definitely here. And about 10 days ago, I saw my first swallow or, or house martin, I don't know, not sure. We are having really beautiful cold and crisp mornings with ground frost and glorious sunny days. But the bottom of the air is still a little cold, if you know what I mean. So today's story comes from Spain. For a while, I thought her name was Niam, which I liked very much because in French, it has a connotation of being tasty. And then I realized that Niam was Irish and that she was in fact called Neve. So Neve contacted me through my website with a synopsis of her story and I liked it very much. So on a Saturday morning, Neve sat in a kitchen in Spain And I sat on the step of my back door, wrapped in a warm coat, and she left me a series of WhatsApp vocal messages, recording in Spain as I was listening in England. She is in her mid-40s, she is married, she has three children, she is a singer by night and working a nine to five in all sorts of jobs by day. Chatting to her, I could feel a vibrant energy seeping through the phone line. But she explained to me that she had not always been that way. Um, in 2017, I was tired. I was exhausted. I'm a mum of three, working hard and It wasn't just that life had um, worn me down. There had been a couple of life instances, life events that had um, really left me somewhat overwhelmed. And I was just knackered by it all, um, a bit lost, a bit confused about my place in the world and my um, performance as a parent and very much um, confused about my um, feeling about my marriage. Um, loving my husband obviously but when you're in a very dark place it's sometimes hard to see the light in everything. She knew something had to change. Something had to be done. And she had a bit of a light bulb moment as she puts it. She had a flashback to something that she had heard about when she was at school. And this thing called the Camino Santiago popped into her mind. So she sat down and googled it. Now, for those of you who have listened to the story called The Three Musketeers, you will already know about it. But for the others, the Camino Santiago is a very long walk, months, and really as long as you want it to be, 
depending on where you start, of course. It is an old pilgrimage route, or I should say many routes, all travelling to Santiago de Compostela in the northwest of Spain. And as Neve stared at the screen, reading information about the Camino, she knew instantly she was going to walk it. The decision was made before I even made the decision. The decision was made that I was going to walk the Camino Santiago. I think I needed a break. I needed some time out. I needed to not be uh, this person, this mother, this wife, this singer, this uh, taxi driver, psychologist, um, personal assistant, organizer, uh, everything that it, life was insisting that I um, do, I needed a break from it. Without getting into the, the dark side of, of why, um, I found myself um, so blue. And to be fair, I didn't realize how blue I was until I look back on the whole period of, of my life. Um, but I knew something had to change. I knew that I desperately had to uh, live a different, uh, more positive life. So, having decided to walk the Camino Santiago for herself, in search of something better, in search of some freedom, a break from life she found overwhelming at the time, the guilt started setting in. She was leaving her children for a month, putting a backpack on her back, and literally walking away from her responsibilities and leaving her husband behind to look after everything for an entire month, or maybe longer. Now, she doesn't think that she was consciously really aware of this guilt at the time. Again, in hindsight, we look back at the decisions we make and we realize why we did something. And so, she took another decision. She decided to walk the Camino Santiago in aid of something, to make it a charitable fundraiser. That way, it was going to be about someone else, someone else's needs. Of course, it had to be. When one has spent years of her life putting other people's needs ahead of hers, it becomes almost impossible to recognize her own, let alone answer them. Now, her mum had dealt with chronic pain issues her whole life, and probably a lot later than she should have, she gave in and gave herself an electric wheelchair. And it gave her a sense of freedom. So she decided her fundraiser was to be about mobility. She wanted to raise enough funds to provide one electric wheelchair to one family. Provide the same freedom she had known with her mother when she had got hers. She put all her energy into the fundraiser and, of course, 
she did very well. Above expectations. There must have been a lot of guilt, as by the time a backpack and walking boots were ready and looking at her, waiting for her, there was more than enough for a top-of-the-range electric wheelchair. All that was left to do was to find the person who truly needed it. On October the 10th, which happened to be her middle son's birthday, Oscar, she set off on the Camino Santiago. Now, I had been living a life that was all about plans and schedules and agendas and, you know, I don't just have to manage my own time and the fact that I had a band with members in it and all the gigs and my husband's business in which I was a key assistant and having three kids and having to manage their extracurriculars and their medical care and, you know, it's a full-time job. I think we know that as, as mums, as parents. Um, and my, I, I didn't want to plan my Camino Santiago, so I almost flipped how I lived my life. I put a rucksack on my back. Um, the only planning I did was getting a car to um, France, and uh, that was it. I had no map. I had no app. I had done no research about where I was going to sleep about what one eats or where one eats. I didn't know how many kilometers I was gonna walk a day, how many days I was gonna walk, if I was gonna take rest days. I really just wanted to uh, use the, uh, let's use the expression, go with the flow. So Neve described to me that for most people, the Camino is almost like a mini micro life. You start at the beginning, a little like a newborn. You are green. You don't really know what's ahead of you. And that first stage, the first couple hundred kilometers, is what people would refer to as the physical or challenging part of the Camino. The body is being battered and try to adjust to this endless walking every day, day in day out, kilometer after kilometer, with this very heavy backpack on your back. It will depends, of course, where you start walking, but a lot of people start in Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port, at the foothills of the Pyrenees, on the French side. That's where Neve started. And of course, to get to Spain, you have the mountains to get across. What an analogy. So that is kind of the first phase of the Camino. Then, all of a sudden, you have this moment when you realize your rucksack isn't quite as heavy as it was. That it almost molds itself into your back. And that's such a relief. And you start to walk lighter and freer. And Neve thinks that this is when you supposedly go into the second stage the emotional stage of your Camino. And this is very much along the plains of northern Spain. The landscape is quite flat, somewhat relentless. 
There is nothing to distract you. No trees, mountains. There is very little to take the eye away, and so your gaze turns inwards, and you do become very emotional, very introverted, very inside yourself and deep in thoughts. And then, the final stage of it all is often the spiritual side, as Neef said. This very much hits when you enter Galicia, which is so green and mossy, and there are forests where you can almost feel the presence of fairies and mythological creatures peeping out from behind the trees. It is a really spiritual experience, she said. So those three stages described here would be part of a very typical experience of walking the Camino. However, for Neve, this was not to be. As for a long, long time, she never got out of that first stage, the physical experience. It was grim, it was gruesome. I was in horrendous pain all of the time. My feet were broken. I had blisters the size of golf balls. I was ragey and angry and upset because I wanted the emotional and I wanted the spiritual. And all I had to do was tackle pain all of the time. Um, I think three times when I visited medical centers, they told me I needed to stop. I had to go home. I couldn't walk anymore on, on the injuries in my feet. But I mean, that wasn't an option for a couple of reasons. Firstly, I was probably, or at least I thought, never going to have the opportunity to do this again. When else could I walk away from my family, have a free pass for a month off? And there was the wheelchair, there was the fundraiser, and my legs were still working, if slightly busted. Um, so for me, there was no choice. I had to soldier on. And, but I, I started to, to hate it. I started to dread the walks, dread waking in the morning and just wishing the days away because every step was brutally painful. This is where something happened that really, truly made me feel such a sense of purpose. I think it possibly changed and affected me forevermore. So she is about 500 kilometers along the Camino Santiago. She has only one kilometer to cover to get to the next town. And she is done. She is finished. She is out of gasoline. Her backbone is broken. Everything hurts. Her soul has packed in and she just does not want to be here anymore. She feels tears welling up in her eyes. She wants her husband to come and get her. She wants to be at home with her kids. She has truly had enough. It just doesn't make sense anymore. At this stage, she's carrying her boots. She has been walking in her socks for a couple of days because she's not been able to wear her boots because her blisters are just too horrendous. And she hobbles on 
I mean, she's almost crawling. It is so tedious. The pain is relentless. She's pretty sure she might have done some serious damage to her feet. She doesn't really know how long this takes her. It feels forever, but she eventually reaches this bridge. It is stunning. She knows it's beautiful, but she can't see it. The bridge is laid with cobblestones, and each stone fits into the arch of her feet. And it is like a sharp pain shooting through her feet, up her body, with each step taken. And as beautiful as this bridge is, she detests everything about it. She is really disenchanted. The limit is reached. A camino is done. The guilt is also gone. And she stops. And she stands on the bridge, halfway through its crossing. And that is when it happens. Her phone beeps. A message has come through. The electric wheelchair. The message refers to the electric wheelchair. She decides to pause and breathe and read the message again. And it's from a woman that had been helping her in finding a candidate or someone who needed the wheelchair. And it tells her she found someone. His name is Juan Carlos. He is a similar age to her. He is unable to walk and spends all hours of the day sitting in a conventional wheelchair. He has a wife and a daughter. He is being cared by his elderly mother while his wife works all hours cleaning houses to make ends meet. An electric wheelchair will not only transform the man's life, but his elderly mother's too, his wife's and his daughter's. And she reads that Juan Carlos had not always been that way. One day, he was out walking with his daughter in the glorious afternoon sunshine, and he had slipped and fell, and that fall had left him paralyzed from the waist down. And as Neve reads the message, on the bridge, she looks at her legs. She is standing firmly, square, straight. And there, she realizes that her Camino isn't done, that it has only just started. And it's like an injection of energy. And she moves again, slowly, one foot after the other. And in each step, there is a bit of the impetus of Juan Carlos and all the steps he will not take again. And she crosses the cobbled bridge. As she walks, she is reminded of all the reasons that pushed her into this journey and how strangely and unbeknownst to her, they were all intertwined with one another. How the guilt had made her look for a reason to go, and now how that was giving her the reason to carry on.
In the west, the evening sun throws its soft golden rays and grows shadows amongst the specks of light on the road. The breeze is soft on her face and brings on its wings the music and laughter of children from the distant village fiesta. And she wonders, how hadn't she noticed it just before? Neve did finish her Camino. She did reach Compostela. Juan Carlos received his wheelchair and it did greatly improve his life. The experience was life-changing in so many different ways and the rest of the kilometers had stories to tell. But one very powerful thing that happened was when she first came back home and her son, Oscar, had said to her that one day he would like to walk the Camino with her. And they've since done it. They did it in three stages in the last three years. Her son had his own fundraisers and he raised money for three wonderful causes. But Neve remembers on the first day when they had just set off. They had taken a car ride to the village from where they were going to start their walk. He was nine at the time and he was tiny and his rucksack was bigger than him. And she remembers being in the car with Oscar and saying to him, Oscar, it has just dawned on me. Why on earth are we doing this Camino Santiago? Why on earth are you doing this, my boy? And he had looked at her, almost confused, as if the question needed no answer. And he said, I am doing this, mummy, because you inspire me. And at that moment, inside Neve's heart, Neve, the, the mother that only three years before was lost and confused about her place and her performance as a parent, something started radiating. Four years later, and I'm basically, I'm still walking. I'm still covering significant ground. It's a journey that has taken me places in my body and in my mind that I, I never imagined. Uh, I have a renewed and boundless gratitude for life. I quit alcohol over two years ago and this gave me energy and capacity to be even more present in this one wild and precious life. The Camino Santiago, it's a magical place where wonders happen. Wherever you are on your life journey, may the road rise to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. Shine the light bright
So this was Connemara Cradle Song, sung by Neve and a friend Rose. Thank you both for letting me use that track. If you would like to listen to this song again, you will find the link to the YouTube channel on the footnotes of this episode. Et voilà, I hope you have enjoyed Neve's story. Thank you, Neve, for letting me voice it and allowing me to use your voice and your music. I also like the fact that Neve started her Camino at the exact same spot I finished mine, Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port. Funny how life is. Somehow, by telling me her story, she allowed me to go all the way. So, thanks, Neve. If you would like to support me with this project, please rate and review The Airing Cupboard on iTunes. It will only take you a minute, especially if you're using an iPhone. Or share it on your social media page and get in touch with me with your story on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or via the website theairingcupboard.org. I wish you all a very good month and until we meet again in The Airing Cupboard, goodbye.